Welcome to season six of the RAG podcast. Now, for those of you who don't know, the RAG stands for Recruitment Agency Growth. And this show has been around since early 2019. And every week, we are obsessed with finding out how the world's most successful and innovative recruitment agencies and their founders have got to where they are today. In season six, alongside the founder's story and the inside information of that business, I also want to focus on the reality of today's economy. There is so much noise about this inevitable recession that we find ourselves in right now. And where it's going to go, is it really having an impact on the recruitment sector? Are they seeing any change in job flow? Are they seeing any change in candidate control or activity? What is going on? I want to find out. So every single week, I want to forget the propaganda, forget the noise. I'm going to speak to a real life recruitment owner and find out what is going on in their business. I'll bring it to you every single Wednesday from 12 o'clock across multiple platforms. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the RAG podcast. On this week's episode, I am so excited to be joined for the third time by Lloyd Gordon. Lloyd is the CEO and founder of Focus Cloud Group. It was once just Focus Cloud, it is now a group of companies. Now, I first interviewed Lloyd at the beginning of 2019 when the podcast first started. He was a client of mine from the end of 2018. When I think we first started working with them, there were less than 20 people. I think it's about 15 people in an office in Gatwick. I then interviewed him in 20, at the beginning of 2019, and we told his story of being a 1.6 million pound biller and his journey to opening a, a recruitment agency. He spoke so much, we didn't even get onto the recruitment agency story. So seven, eight months later, at the end of November 2019, just before the pandemic, he came into my office and we did part two where we talked about Focus Cloud as an organization. At that point, there were about 25 to 30 people doing some really amazing things. And in the meeting, Lloyd talked about his future ambitions. He said money wasn't the driver, but he did want to grow a 100-man business. Today, in 2022, Lloyd has just completed the acquisition of Cognitive Group. Cognitive are one of the strongest Microsoft niche recruitment agencies in the UK, and that now joins the Focus Cloud group of cloud-based recruitment agencies looking at Workday, SAP, ServiceNow, Security, etc. There is 107 employees now after the acquisition. I think Lloyd was up to about 70. And by bringing these guys over, there are 107. Lloyd, in this episode, tells the story, and I mean tells the story of how he's gone out and acquired another organization. He breaks it all down. Lloyd is probably the most authentic, honest guy you, you could ever meet. He doesn't hold anything back. And as a result of that, he makes amazing episodes. It, his first two were two of the most listened to shows I've ever recorded. So in this episode, you're going to listen to a man who's achieved the dreams he set out to achieve and felt underwhelmed. You're going to listen to a man who tells you how he became really, really, really close friends with the CEO of the business he was going to acquire and made sure that everything in that transaction was fair. He also talks about where his business is heading, where they're going, and everything in between. An amazing episode, an amazing man. I'm proud to know Lloyd really well, proud to work with Lloyd for the last four years or so. So you are definitely going to enjoy this episode. Without further ado, Lloyd, welcome back for the third time to the RAG podcast. Thank you, Sean. Proud to be here. I know. And you're uh, you're a completely different man. We're in completely different places. We did we did two two recordings. I think it was 2019 early, and then late in twenty nineteen. I think we did two about six months apart. 
Because I didn't yeah, start 20, 20, 2018, then again in 2019, I think it was. Well, I didn't start the show till 2019. So it was the very beginning of 2019, I think, um, when I started the show. So you would have been one of the first episodes, and then you came on in November 2019, before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. When I had an office, um, yeah. you were uh, 20th of November. And I actually thought we'd do the part three a lot sooner, if I'm honest. But things have changed. Life's changed. We're in... Uh, we're all over the place now. You, your life has exploded. And uh, yeah, I'm buzzing. I can't wait to find out. Well, I know bits of Bob's, but I want to find out even more. And I'm sure more people will want to find out more. You, you're the number one episode I get asked about when people say, who's that guy again who said he'd die if his business didn't make it? <laughs> yeah, that quote he, 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 would, he would die making his business make it, yeah. I said. You said so, that, yeah, yeah. The business will be, will be successful, or I'll be otherwise dead. I'll be dead. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still I'm still here, so I'm still alive. I think I think I'm still alive. So uh, yeah, must have been must have been must have gone all right, right? Yeah, man. Well, the uh, <laughs> people talk about it. That's what I'm saying. People remember that quote. People have shared that episode. People want to know more about you, which is exciting. So, Lloyd, um, I'm going to do it again, right? Third time. Uh, obviously, people might listen. People might not. Tell us who you are right now and the business that you you operate is a is a much bigger business than what we talked about then. It certainly is. I'm um, I'm still Lloyd Gordon. Yeah, not um, changing that anytime soon. <laughs> no, I'm not going to change. Still I'm still I'm still Lloyd Gordon. Um, but I'm uh, I'm Lloyd Gordon, the group CEO of the Focus Cloud Group. Now, mm -hmm. Focus Cloud Group. Right. Focus so Cloud group. to go backwards, so the first time I interviewed you, I think you probably had 15, 20 staff. I think the next time was about 30, 25, 30. Where are you at now? 107. 107 people. Now, yeah. it's, it has been three years. Yeah. But there's been a lot of change there. So you're now the Focus Cloud Group. You've gone through yeah. an acquisition. You've acquired another business. We're going to get into all this. Yes. Where, how many people were Focus and how many people have you acquired? So before before the acquisition was actually complete, we um, we hit like the 70, 74, yeah. 74 number. And then cog, bringing on Cognitive Group, as you know, um, into the group, adding people as well to uh, to Focus Cloud. Um, you know, it makes us uh, that magic number. I think I, I think if if I remember rightly, in one of the in one of the um, the episodes, I said you said what do you, where do you want to take it? And I was like, I'd really like to get to a hundred people. Yeah, I remember you, you know, that. and um, and you know, once the acquisition of Cognitive um, was completed getting to that 100 people was like, I'm sure I mentioned that I wanted to get to 100 people. That was originally what one of the, it was it was one of the original wow. plans when I set up the business right, in September 2015. I was like, you know, so I'm sitting there by myself, you know, um, as you do, um, uh, shitting yourself, excuse my French. And, uh, and I just thought to myself, I want to get this business to 100 people. And I never got the business to 100 people until the acquisition happened. So still got it still got it there. It's interesting though, because at the end of the last episode, you talked about maybe being acquired in the future. Which yeah. again still could happen, right? But did you did you think you would acquire another business in the next three years? Was that in your head even then? Because you didn't mention that. Yeah, I mean we, we we did we did actually um we did actually talk over that, right? And I and I think I said at the moment I don't really see us being um, acquired, I see us being the acquirer, 
but at some point, you know, you know, things, I say, I wasn't going to say things must come to an end. Things are not going to come to an end. Right. But at some point there, there will be an opportunity and uh, an option that presents itself yeah. where we may be acquired by a larger, a larger recruitment com- company. Well, you're only 26, Lloyd, so you've got plenty of time ahead of you, I think. 20, got... 20, 24. 24, right, so you've got yeah. plenty of time ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone listening to this is like, for the first time, thinking, fuck. Everyone's like, like, I'm not playing poker with that guy because I actually yeah. believed what he yeah. just said. Anyone watching YouTube probably goes, is he really? Anyone listening will be like, oh, he could be, who knows? He's just got a deep voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Lloyd is I've definitely... Got, I've got no grey hair. Let's just put it that way, he's not 24. We talked about last episode as well, how are you... <laughs> When you when you were going bowling, you thought the barber was just cutting your hair that way, the shapes. I mean, right. I, Look, I like, it's, it's really important I explain this, right? <laughs> I wasn't actually going bald, right? Yeah, whatever. And, and if I if I let my hair grow, it's it not actually bald, right? But what what happens is at the front here yeah. and here, it's just it just goes back a little bit, you know. So like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if I went to see Wayne Rooney's guy, right? Yeah, yeah, you get it back. Day, I just wouldn't be. I think you'd be quite thin on top. I, I, you know, I think you'd be. I think you'd be a bit thin on top. I'd like to see it though. Why don't we do the fourth episode with you? Then go to Sean Anderson out and see how it goes. See how you get on. See how you get on. I, I think if I let my hair grow now, Sean, I might have the same color though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got mine yeah. cut yesterday by a mate, and he went mental on me. Honestly, like. He's my mate's, my missus's mate's fella, and he's got a good barber shop. And towards the back end, I was like, I'm not quite happy with one bit. And then he just ended up carried on cutting. He took, I feel like my head's lost about an inch. I feel really slim. Really, I'm just looking at that hairstyle, right? And I'm just thinking of how much that would suit me. I think you'd look good, mate. I think you'd pull it off. off. What we'll do is we'll get one of our designers to just do a a mock up. I just bought a house. I just bought a house, and I sent, I don't like the color of the front of the house, like this yellowy rendering so i don't hate it so i sent it to my designers and within like five minutes they polished it white changed the colors of the window frames and it looks sick i can't wait to move in and do it but i'll get them to do the same with you we'll give you a sean anderson quiff we'll get the whole look going and yeah who knows we'll get it we'll get or, it done or vice versa <laughs> yeah give, give me the i haven't got the strong eyebrows you've got and the shoulders to pull off the shaved head i just look a bit weird <laughs> Wouldn't work for me. Um, people are listening. Going, are we going to get to any business chat? We will. Yeah. We will. This is, this is a recruitment show. Yeah. That's it. Fuck recruitment show. We'll talk about. We'll talk about. Um, so, just to recap on to the two episodes. I remember the first one. You came to my office and we genuinely spoke mainly about you being a recruiter and and I didn't really get to focus cloud. It was it was it was massively important to listen to your story as like a one point six yeah. million pound biller in your. The way you came about, like moving companies and leaving and all that, it was it was really intense and really, I thought it was wicked. We got the very beginning of your journey out, and then we we really went into the journey up until that point in 2019. Yeah. So, where I want to pick up is where we stopped, right? So, I remember that time like it was yesterday. I think I've been very open about the fact that that was when like my marriage fell apart at Christmas 2019, and the pandemic hit, and it was fucking mad. Yeah. What happened for you? So, if we go into that. 2020 january 2020 time i remember the market was in a good position i remember you know i think we had a record month in february i remember i remember things were really positive and then the coronavirus noise came so tell me how did it all unfold for you in the business yeah so um the end towards the end of 2019 um you know our our figures were just doing we're just doing this right 
And, um, you know, we were investing in new people. We were hiring people that we didn't necessarily need at that point in time because we knew that we were going to have a fantastic 2020. Yeah. And we um, we invested in a, in a load of back office systems. So there was there was loads of investment that went on, right, for this amazing 2020 that we were going to have. <laughs> and then um, I remember Walid. Walid went away to somewhere in Asia. I can't remember exactly where he went. And um, he called me around December time and he said, Lloyd, we really need to like start planning for this coronavirus thing that's going to come. And to be honest with you, it hadn't hit the UK yet. No, no. And and I was like, I'll be honest with you, I was just like, yeah, I just, you know, not, not towards Walid, obviously, but, yeah. but you know, like, you know, when people say, oh, it's going to come, it's going to, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And I'm like, nothing's going to happen. No. Nothing's going to happen. It's just going to all fall to death, right? And then um, end end of January, end of January, February, at the time, we were still only workday, right? right? And I'm starting to think to myself, um, you know, we got a lot of customers asking, can you can you help us with SAP? Yeah. Can you help us with some other areas? And we'd reached that point on in the workday market where I felt like it was like that. Not not market wise, I just felt like. You know, we had so many recruiters all doing the workday market. Every time I hired someone into the workday team, they'd be they'd be falling over themselves, you know, with customers and and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So I was like, okay, we need to continue growing, but I know that I can't at the moment continue to grow in workday. So and you can't, you couldn't just suddenly get the same recruiters to start working SAP because it it does no, no, yeah, it does, because 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 you know, even even now, you've got the Focus Cloud Group, which sits on the top, and then you've got Focus Cloud, which is the Workday brand, and we may we may tweak the name of Focus Cloud yeah. um, uh, to reflect the Workday specialism, and then that's a totally separate company, right? And then now you have SAP, Salesforce, ServiceNow, Life Science, Security Now as well, but but going back to to twenty twenty. Around February time, so we still got this, you know, kind of Corona thing happening, but it hadn't come back. It hadn't come to the UK yet. So um, I guess typical, typical me, right? I'm like, okay, I'm, just, you know, we're going to launch this SAP brand, right? So we so we launched this SAP brand, and in the first week, um, we from a standing start, we made two contract placements from a total standing start. Um, so it flew straight away. It was it was fantastic. It was really good. There was uh, it was it was the right move, and then COVID comes, and then COVID comes to the UK and Europe. Yeah, um, the two contractors that we placed um, in our first week then got stopped at the end wow. of February. So um, where were they located? Were that Italy or something? They were both. One of them was living in. Um, one of them was living in uh, Belgium, and the other guy was a UK guy, no. right? Um, and I and I remember, like, when the kind of realization, like, oh my god, this coronavirus is actually coming. It's actually come to the UK, and and I, you know, I always speak to people who know better than I do, right? So I have, you know, I have Walid, and I have a few other people on the outside that every now and again I speak to and just say, what do you think about this? I'm thinking of doing this or whatever. Mm. But in this particular case, I could not talk to anyone because no one had ever been through it. You know, people have been through recessions and all that sort of stuff, but no one had ever been through. I found that I got, not to interrupt your story, but I remember when I spoke to people 
everyone did just lean on the financial crisis advice. And that was probably, probably what's what actually changed my business was that the fear that it was just a complete meltdown of, of, of cash. And it didn't actually eventuate that way, did it? It was, it was a short. No, no I mean, um, you know, at, at the time, so um, once I'd realized this thing's for real and it's coming to the UK hmm. um, or it come to the UK. And then I think Boris came on and said, you have to, let everyone work yeah. from home. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> typically a, a, an old school recruiter, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, like people were in the office. People Did you even have laptops for people and stuff? No, we had like, we had like workstations and I then we mean. had these things. Yeah, everyone had a laptop. Did they have a laptop plugged in? Yeah. because some, some was five days. It was yeah. five days in the office, Yeah, yeah. you know? And, and I never even had contemplated letting people work from home. Why would you want to work from home? We've got a really nice office there. We've got two offices. We had Gatwick and... And, uh, and London, why would you yeah. want to do that, right? And then I'm forced to do it. I remember um, I called an emergency meeting on a Sunday. So um, there was a couple of the senior managers in the finance, uh, finance Peter. Um, and I literally just, just sat down with them and goes, okay, worst case scenario, if all of our clients turn around and say, you know, we're all affected by the COVID, the pandemic crisis, and we're not paying you, what is the absolute worst case scenario? How long can we last? So at the time, I'm thinking to myself, is there a real, there's a real chance here that I might lose my business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For, the first, for the first time, apart from, you know, the first sort of, you know, three to four months of Focus Cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which if you go back to the first episode, you, you know, you kind of um, hear a bit about what I went through. But for the first time, I'm thinking to myself, but well, this is this is for how real. Many months runway did, how many months runway did you have? We had uh, so so. If all of our clients turned around and said we're just not paying you, yeah, do what you got to do, um, then we could last for nine months at that point. So we had a lot of we had a lot of money in the bank. See, I was um, sat there. I was sat there. Sorry to interrupt you, but I was sat there in in December 2019. We invested in this um, coaching thing. We we parked it as soon as COVID came in, but. He talks about always having three months runway as a business in your cash reserves and anything above that, you, you know, you can invest it or whatever. And at the time we didn't, we didn't even have it going into 2020. Um, and his words were like, you know, anyone could fly a plane <laughs> into, uh, into the Shard or London Bridge and suddenly like, you know, the economy crashes and a bit like 9-11. And I remember saying to Amma going like, we should get that three months together. And yeah. we got it. We did have it just before. Um, but yeah, and, and, and a lot of businesses didn't. I remember a couple of recruitment companies phoning me up going, we're fucked if we don't get so much cash off the payroll now. Like we have, yeah. we've, we've leveraged the fuck out of it and we haven't, we've just not been, we haven't got the capital. Mm-hmm. So you were, nine, that's brilliant. For the amount of employees you had, nine months is a really good cash reserve, but still yeah. don't want to spend it, do you? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't even a, there wasn't even a thought in my mind, okay, well, what I could do to, 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 to get through this period of time is let let X Y and Z go? Do you know what I mean? It wasn't. It didn't even. It didn't even enter my mind, right? I just thought we have to survive this, and now I've got to let people work from home, and I don't know what the market conditions are going to say because no one's ever been through this pandemic, right? No. So so anyway, we go we go from home. We all work from home. We go to uh, we put a few people on furlough. So. When I looked at the team, I thought, okay, here are the junior members of the team. Here are the senior members of the team. Here are the people that I think can last 
a recession or hard times, hard economic times, which I didn't know how would happen, but I just assumed it would be hard economic times. And um, and then I put those people on furlough. And we already had the SAP business at the time. So we'd set the SAP business up a couple of weeks before. Um, and we just carried on and we went to uh, we went to, um, to, 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 to daily meetings. Everyone jumped on, on teams and it was okay. I mean, we had, um, you know, the first, the first couple of months, um, the first couple of months we had a couple of placements that like were pulled. So people were due to start and the clients, um, decided they can't, they couldn't start those people. So we had to let those people down, but generally, we wasn't really that much affected by it. We didn't see growth in that period, in that very early pandemic Did period. Did you see but... people still still interviewing and making placements even in April that year? Um, yes and yes and no. We still made we still made placements. We still made um, that whole initial pa- pandemic thing was all about mindset. Yeah, it was it was all about mindset. It was about you know, if you're going home or <laughs> actually didn't need to go home because you were working from home, right? Um, if you were sitting at home watching news and listening to all the doom and gloom and listening to how many people have died and all that sort of stuff, um, then and then and then jumping on the phones the following day, you may have thought to yourself, "Well, no one's hiring." Yeah, and you know, the team, the team, there were there were various members of the team that were saying things like that and they were right there were 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 quite a few clients that unfortunately had made a lot of their people redundant and they wasn't hiring but there were still clients out there that still needed help and us being in quite a, a positive financial position we also we also went to our market that had been so good for us and said hey you know if you if you're worried about bringing on workday professionals in the market and you genuinely don't have um, the ability to be able to pay the fee, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll either do it for you for free or we'll do it on like um, extended payment terms or something like that. Just to, just to kind of go out there and help the market. Right. And, but it was, it was a really tough time, Sean. It was, it was, it was horrible. I can't, I can't think that there will ever be a time quite like that again, because you know you're managing you're managing people who are working from home. They're not used to working from home. You're not, or I and the managers are not used to managing people working from home. Um, you're managing people's uh, relationships, right? So you remember, um, you, you remember like uh, people working from home in the first couple of months would be fine. And then all of a sudden they're starting to have arguments with the partners and the kids won't let them get on with it because the kids don't understand. So they're walking in when you're on a call and everything like that. So, and you're managing all of that as you're trying to, you're, you're trying to ensure your business survives. One thing you did really well though, which I think I tried to do is you didn't, you didn't hide from it. Like you, you were consistently on LinkedIn. You were still promoting your positive messages. You were putting up your videos of your motivational speeches and, I felt like you were one of the leaders in the industry that that said, "Fuck it, I'm 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 going for this." You know, you didn't just. There's so many people just retreated and just spoke. All they did was do internal stuff. I think it was really important to stay front facing through that period. Yeah, um, and it, it was, was it was really it was really important to be the guy that 
was always positive throughout that for me, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super positive all the time. I'd never see a negative. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that when I'm by myself, I'm not thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm not going to portray that because I need to portray that, you know, we, we need to come together in this period of time and we need to beat this. Right. And then, um, yeah. And then, um, and then my dad died. Right. Yeah, so that was, that was almost like. It was in the pandemic, wasn't it? It was right in yeah, the Yeah. 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 You were so, like, can I even go and see him? And yeah. So, so, so that period we're going through all that. We're trying to ensure the business survives. I'm trying to ensure that I can carry on uh, employing people. When we were, like, like I said, we were fine, right? But we just weren't growing like that. Through that, we were, we were like that. Yeah. And um, and then I get a call from my dad's uh, nursing home saying, "Oh, we think he's we think he's um, contracted COVID." I'm like, "If my dad gets COVID, he's 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 gone, right?" So and then. And then trying to manage the business, trying to trying to navigate through that, and deal with the fact that my dad was in hospital, and it was confirmed that he did had COVID, he did have COVID, um, and not being able to go and see him because I knew he was going to die because of all the other things that was that was wrong with him. But I just hadn't prepared myself for the fact that um, you know I may not be able to go and see him. You did get to see him though, didn't you? Well, yes, yes, I did. Well, so I. Remember. Came- I carried on, carried on with a brave face, um, if I'm honest, through that and, and made sure that I was, you know, I was there every day on, on the calls with the guys. I was, you know, making the phone calls with the guys, I was trying to make the company successful with the guys at the same time as dealing with, you know, doctors calling me, telling me, yeah, it probably hasn't got long. And I'm like, I, I, I can't deal with the fact that I'm not going to be able to see this guy. Right. Yeah. So I remember it like it was yesterday on the 20 on the 22nd of April, I got the call from the doctor. And if I'm honest with you at that period of time, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cause it, it just, it just skewed my brain. It just, I couldn't deal with that and that at the time, but I was carrying on, but yeah. I was all over the place. And the doctor phoned me up and he said, he hasn't, he hasn't got long. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what I said to the doctor was, um, Look, I'm a really big guy, right? And there's no way I'm letting this man die without me seeing him first. I'm coming to the hospital and no one's going to stop me get to see my dad. And he was like, all right, come. So I went. And um, yeah, I won't go too much into, you know, what happened no. I saw him, but... Um, Otherwise, I remember it though because we spoke about on the Reg podcast. That won't be good. <laughs> well, we spoke we spoke about it at the time, and look, I was going through similar. I was going through a breakup, ended of a marriage, and trying to do the academy, and trying to be on LinkedIn, and trying to do a podcast, and trying to be this positive guy internally, and externally. And there's only so much you can take before yeah, yeah. you have a bit of a you know you're fucked, aren't you? But it's great to see you came through all that. Tell me, yeah. once the business came back to a level of. Right, the world's opening up again because it, it was it was probably on and off for about a best part of a year, right? How well, did you how did you respond to the working environment? Because that's the bit pre-COVID, you were totally old school, which is fine. Yeah. But then you're forced into a new way of working. How did you come out of that? Well, it, it it kind of didn't, right? It kind of it kind of um we made it come back, in all honesty. So 
um, you know, going back to the, the the last conversation I had with my dad, I said I said to my dad, um, look, I'm going to make you really proud and make sure you know make sure you look down on us every now and again because when we're going to do we're going to do something really really special. And then the following day he died, right? right? And then the following day after that, I was back on back on the phones, back in the office. I was actually in the office because I lived around the corner at the time from yeah, the office. Yeah, I was yeah. going in work when everyone else was was um, was working from home. And then um and then we kind of we kind of went along like that for a couple more months. So and in July, June, July, um I'm I'm sitting there one night and I'm thinking to myself, we we're not on the retreat, but we're not growing. And it's not this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I promised our guys. It's not what we've said to the market. It's not it's not what we've always said to the market. You know, we're a high growth, high performance business. And I just thought, you know what? I've been through worse. This is not the first. This is not the first three to four months when I almost went bankrupt. You know, mm-hmm. you remember that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Not. It's possible that I might go bankrupt if this doesn't turn round and then everything dips off. But what's the worst that can happen, Lloyd? We might as well just go for it, right? <laughs> That's what happened. And then uh, the morning after, I called everyone on a on a call, and I said, I said to the guys, look, the um, the best form of defense is attack it always has been always will be and what we're doing at the moment is we're being neutral we're not we're not defending and we don't have to defend at the moment but we're also not attacking and this was like june june time and and i'm like okay i said i think i said to the guy that the guys i said i've got this amount of money in the bank the business has this amount of money in the bank and um i am putting it all on the line, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to do the opposite to what every other recruitment company at that moment in time was doing, is we're going to grow. Everyone else was letting people go. We just started growing. And I was like, and if it doesn't work, guys, we're going to go out of business. I can tell you that now, (laughs) right? Um, And I am fully, fully happy with this failing. And do you know what? If it fails, just start again the following day. Mm. It's not, you know, but I was like, all in. This is all in time. So I need everyone to come together as a team. How did they respond to that? Um, from from what I remember, I think um, yeah, everyone was like like that. The following day, I signed up to uh, an office which was which was double the size of the office we had in London, and we but there was no there. one. But there was no one doing that at that period. In no, time. no, we signed up to a, an office double the size the following day in London. In London, and that was, and that was really like a show of, I'm I'm deadly serious about this. I'm not just saying this. Mm. I'm fully willing for this company to go out of business. We have to keep growing. We're not gonna we're not gonna scale back. We're not doing it. Um, and and that was really a show of of that intent. Um, and and then uh, a few weeks later, we started focus on Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Um, a few months later, we started uh, focus on ServiceNow, and then in the January 2021, we started uh, focus on life science. Right. Um, so we actually started one, two, three, four, four new brands uh, in the pandemic, um, 
and then and then life the life science brand was January 2021. Um, and and from that day, do you know what? From that day, that that call I had with the guys, we do you know we just went like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like a it was like a switch. Maybe you could say maybe I got the timing right because there was like there was a bounce in the market where the clients were like, okay, you know, we just have to get used to this now. Let's start hiring again and stuff like that. But do you think, think though you made do you think you rallied the troops in a way though that you almost felt you made them feel different than everyone else? Like you actually said, look, we are we're gonna go and do something that no one else is doing. And therefore they took that and felt different, felt privileged to be part of that, felt excited by it, as opposed to even if it's not true, even if everyone around them was growing, they don't know anyway, after um, well, I can tell I can tell you something. N- not many recruitment companies through that period of when no, we were weren't. doing it. They, they was not growing because we, we were able to pick up a number of those recruiters um, who were let go by other recruitment companies. Mm. Um, so no one else was growing at that time. And I just thought, you know, it's like Warren Buffett always says, when when something else is happening in the market, you do the opposite, you know? Do you know what I mean? So I just thought, I just do the opposite. And it and it worked, you know? And um, I think you'd have to, I think you'd have to ask the guys, right? Um, of how they felt when 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 I said that. Um, you know, they all rallied around as well, right? I didn't do this by myself. Um, everyone had to get themselves really up for it. Everyone had to change what their mindset. Changes, what tactical changes were made, though? So, so one thing is an office and saying, right, we're hiring again. No one yeah. else is doing that. But when it comes to the actual job on the floor for the guys, did they make any changes or adjustments, or was it just a was 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 it was it really just about hiring and loading into what you already doing? We didn't really make any changes, no, um, from what we were already doing, but we definitely made a mindset change. Yeah. So that mindset change of, um, you know, I've already said to you, the company, if this doesn't work, the company's going to go out of business. We've, we've got this amount of money so we can last this long and we're going to start hiring. And by the way, I've doubled the size of the office. Do you know what I mean? So I've put more stress on the business at that particular time. So so you've, all, you, you've almost gone from, um, you know, that period of, uh, we're okay bumbling along at the I moment. It's really tough at the moment. The market's not very good at the moment. And almost accepting that that was the scenario we we're in. To, I don't care. We're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna continue hiring people. And and if we don't make it work, we're gonna go out of business. Simple as that. And everyone and everyone had to rally round and get that same mindset. And that's what happened. You know, like like I said, the 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 increase the increase for us was huge, and it was and it and I always think back to that meeting. You know, like as soon as that meeting happened, it was just like bang. What sort of numbers? Away. What sort of number increase are we talking from a revenue perspective? We were on, we were on about fifty odd contractors at the time through the pandemic. Um, and and our permanent revenue was good. It, it was it was typical of what you were seeing, yeah, on the other um, rag rag podcast uh, episodes. And by the by the start of twenty twenty one, in fact, not by the start of twenty twenty one, by let's say Q two twenty twenty one, we were on two hundred contractors. Wow! So we'd you know so we'd grown four hundred percent. In that period of time, within a within an eight eight to nine month period, um, and our perm revenue was growing at the same rate. 
Um, the problem was we were set up for a business that was doing what we used to be doing. So, so your systems and your processes weren't system weren't systems and process just wasn't there, right? Because yeah. we were we were absolutely fine with what we were doing. We were making lots of money and everything was good and we were growing and everything was everything was nice. Yeah, we was not set up to be a company with two hundred plus contractors wow. at that time and and significant permanent what revenue. Problems with what problems did that present to you? <clears throat> um, just just time for the back office guys, really. Um, you know, just, just things that, just things that if I'd have known that that kind of growth was going to happen, I would have, I would have made sure that I put those systems and processes in way before that had happened, but no one could have, no one could have ever said that that's what's going to happen. You know, not, not 400%. No. You know, that's mad. That is mad. What, how did that feel? for you because i know you've never been that motivated by money you've never been really no. you, you knew it, you knew it had come but when you're seeing the revenue coming in does it change you at all did you does it affect a person when they go from when they see a 400% increase in revenue and obviously profit hopefully moves in a in a similar line does it affect you does it change anything no i wouldn't say so not not person not personally no you just kind of you just kind of get on, you get on with it. I, I have anyway, I've just kind of got on with it. And, you know, obviously the guys are making much more money because they're billing more, um, you know, and it's nice to see, it's nice to see people changing their lives and changing their families' lives at the same time when you're effectively changing your life. And they yeah, come everyone's winning. Everyone's come winning at three at a time. It's really nice. It's good yeah. to see. Everyone's winning at that point, right? Yeah. And I think that that is a big challenge in a lot of recruitment firms. I I experienced that where you've got one or two big billers and you've got shitload of average billers and you've got a lot of rookies that aren't making any money. And mm. I, I remember at one point I was probably the only person earning more than six figures and probably anywhere near that at one point. And then it got a bit better, but so you've not got this culture necessarily of of everyone celebrating success. Um and then when you're going out for drinks, like everyone just expects I'll pay for everything because I'm the top biller. I'm like, well, is that fair? Yeah, what about the fucking boss? What about the boss? Yeah. Like, we go on billers' lunches and the boss would just piss off at like three o'clock and go out, go on, Sean, take care of it. I'd be like, that goes against what, I mean, I believe in anyway. But, yeah. um, you know, have you seen now that there is a, there's a decent core of people that are doing well and it feels like it's not just, a, you know, that finite number at the top? There always, there always was, you know, mm. is the truth of it. You know, like from, from a contract point of view, you know, we were on pre-pandemic, we were on like 50 odd contractors to then, to then jump to, you know, 250, which we are on, we're on now. Um, but, but when we even when we was on 50 contractors, the permanent revenue supplemented our contract revenue. So people yeah. were always earning good money, yeah. but, <clears throat> but that elevation of the company throughout that period elevated everyone else's, and some guys that were, you know, uh, let's say above average in that period of time, all of a sudden become super billers. Yeah. You know, um, uh, billing billing extraordinary amounts amounts every single month, and it became the norm for them. You know, so I think I once, once you once you once you bill a million pounds, um, it becomes the norm for you, right? Yeah. So there's what no. You, what do you do though? Because you've done that. You've been at that point. You've gone beyond that point. Mm. As, as the founder, as the owner, seeing these people, 
what 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 steps do you take to to look after them or to work with them? Because some businesses would go, you hit a million, can I just fuck off or keep going? Like you're brilliant, and they, and they worry about all the others, but they ignore the top, and then they wonder why they leave and set up their own shit. Because yeah. actually, you neglect them for two years because they're really good. So what yeah. what are you have you managed to think about that and put time? Yeah, in I think, I think um, you know I've always I've always got it in the back of my mind of of my particular scenario. Right. And and how we're going to retain people through the journey of this business. And I'm always conscious that I need to make sure that those people are suitably incentivized. Hmm. And, they, and they will be and they are with especially with, um, you know, our new our new structure, our new group structure is like some of these guys, some of these guys um, that have been here for a long time. You remember I always said, like, people are going to be looked after. Hmm. Um, I always said that from the start. Some of these guys won't have to work. I've been told, you know, when I've put together this structure for for some of these guys, um, and there's a lot of people involved in this, right? So it goes it goes from the top right down to the bottom, and I'm and I'm including people in like back office that back office wouldn't that wouldn't even get a look into something like that in another in another company, let alone another recruitment company. So yeah. I'm I'm trying to involve everyone in it, but I can tell you this. Some of these guys will be able to, to choose whether they ever work again. Wow, what sort you know? of time frame? Um, we've got a th- we've got a three to five year plan. I mean, I think we jumped over the acquisition here. Yeah, we'll go into that in a sec. Um, well, we've got a three to five year plan. Um, you know, it could happen. It could happen sooner. It depends on the growth of the business. We've got a target in place. Yeah. Um, and and once that target's in place. You know, we'll 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 do we'll do something. We'll do a transaction, Reward. and and there you go. I'm interrupting today's episode to mention our sponsor, Talent Ticker. Are here to help everyone who are in such a candidate short market, right? So if you're looking to grow your recruitment business in 2022, you know candidates are important, and Talent Ticker here to help. What they do is they help recruiters work smart and not hard. They've got over 300 agency clients, recruitment agency businesses that use Talentica, and that helps them connect to the right person at the right time for the right reason. Okay, it also automates a lot of monotonous tasks we use and provides simple tools to identify ideal and off-the-grid candidates, people that are under the radar for open roles. So if you like the sound of finding more deeper level talent that's not exclusively on LinkedIn, for example, then get over to www.get.talentticker.ai forward slash Hoxo. You'll find the link in the episode. Go and take advantage of the special offer they've got on there for our listeners. So let's go back then. So when did this whole, so you've acquired the cognitive group, John, Jonathan Keane's been on the podcast. I know him not as well as I know you, but I know the guy, I really like him. And and I met him through the TRN, which I imagine might have been how you met, I don't know, with James Osborne's connections. You know, he's he's good at that, very good at that. Um, what, tell me, about, where did it even start? Well, let's go back to when did you start to think, well, you know, we might need to acquire a business and and even look at that as a situation. I, I didn't, is the truth. It, right. it didn't for me. So 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 what actually happened was, James James Osborne um, James Osborne was involved, yes, and he is involved. Yeah. Um, so I spoke to James and I said to him, "This was um, this was probably the middle of 2021, I would say." Um, and I was I was thinking of bringing in like a, a private equity um, investor or doing something. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do, but I just knew that perhaps 
to get us to that next step, something had to happen, whatever that something was going to happen. I, I didn't really know, right? So I spoke to James about it. And he said to me, um, let me let me introduce you to this guy, um, Jonathan, Jonathan Wright. Um, so, so I met up with Jonathan and um, told Jonathan all about um, uh, Focus Cloud and what we'd achieved and uh, shared some figures and all these types of things. And Jonathan was just sitting there going, you've done so well. You know, you've done, because I don't, I think um, I've always had my, my, my feet on the ground and I will always have my feet on the ground, right? And I'm, and I don't sit there thinking, oh, we've done so well. Look at this. Look at what, do you know what I mean? Look at what we've done. We have smashed it. I'm not that. I, I don't think like that, right? I just think we've got to continue growing. It doesn't matter how good we, how good yeah, we yeah. are, how, how successful we get. We've still, got to, we've still got to keep pushing, right? So I'm sitting in front of this guy um, who has been there and done it, you know, ex, ex-CEO of Alexander Mann Group and, you know, a really knowledgeable guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this guy is telling me that, you know, you're the best, you know, you're, you're the best thing since sliced bread and, you, you know, your business, is, your business is really thing. And I, you know, I knew we were doing well, but I was like, okay, well, that's really nice of you to say that. I, I really appreciate that. And then he starts talking about, um, it starts talking about the options that um, that could be available to me, um, you know, maybe flotation on the stock market at some point, um, which I'd never even thought about. Um, he can obviously introduce us to uh, various uh, private equity investors and things like that as well. So, so I decide to I decide to go down that route with him and just just talk because I I really need it to be the right private equity investor if someone's going to come in and you know try and change things too much you know i I appreciate you're gonna have you're gonna have a say and that's what i want but i want it to be a positive say yeah um and you kind of hear all these um these stories these horror stories right and i'm just not up for that that's just not going to work with me you know so um i have this call and um very 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 nice guy um but just wasn't for me you know and it was the only it was only the first step back a sec so you're making a really strong EBITDA. You're growing rapidly. You've got a brilliant business. What What did Jonathan Wright say that made you think actually? Like, what's the next step that he sees that you didn't see? Because I see your EBIT gets reinvested into your people, and it just continually grows organically. That's kind of the vision I see. What do they tell you is possible that makes you even start having different levels of conversation? Well, I think I think when you bring in you know a private equity investor, obviously they buy a percentage of the company, which which frees up frees up some 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 cash for myself, yeah. um, which which obviously would change my family, change my family's life. Which I, I want to do that, right? At the time, I want to do that, and um, I also want um, I want investment into the company so we can grow. We, we want to go international, you know. Um, and if I can, if I can bring bring in some expertise, someone who understands the values of the group and the culture of the company and how it must carry on and grow like this, then why wouldn't you do that at that point in time? Yeah. And and I just thought, you know, rather than me always be closed off at these types of conversations, because these types of conversations have happened before, I've always said no. Yeah. Um, I will I will indulge in this conversation. And um, it, and it just wasn't for me. It just, you know, it was a conversation. I went into it open-minded. It just wasn't for me. 
And um, so I parked that idea and thought, okay, well, we'll just do it ourselves then. You know, that's, you know, we will just do it ourselves. We'll just do something else, right? And um, about a week went past and, uh, and Jonathan, Jonathan called me up and he said, because um, I hadn't looked at who Jonathan was on the board for. I didn't, yeah. you know, I'm, James told me, go and meet this guy. I had to meet this guy, right? Yeah. I didn't really, you know, I want, I want him to introduce me to all of his connections. I'm not interested really who he's on the board for. That's none of my business. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? It was yeah, kind yeah, of like, yeah, I get it. And, um, and Jonathan called me up and said, um, I've, got, I've got an option for you, right? So at the time, of course, we've got Workday, we've got SAP, We've got Salesforce, we've got ServiceNow, and we've got the life science brand, and we just started the security brand, right? Um, And he calls me up and he says, if there was an opportunity for you to uh, acquire a business that was very prominent in a space that you're not in, but in the cloud space, would you be interested? And I was like, absolutely, 100%. Because I've got... I've got other other cloud technologies that I want to penetrate those markets as part of the, the the bigger plan for the Focus Cloud Group. Yeah, Microsoft was part of that. Yeah, right. So I already knew I'd have to have a Microsoft brand at some point. Yeah, and when it came to light that um, it was it was the Cognitive Group, who I already knew of, and I knew that they were really really good in the Microsoft space. Um, I'm like. This could be amazing. This could be an amazing thing. Mm. Um, but of course, we didn't. I, I'd never met John. Um, it was just an idea at that time, and and it was just like, if the option was there, Lloyd, would you do it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, the monkeys have hairy babies. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm just. I hope like, you did. did you say that to Jonathan Wright? I hope you did. <laughs> I don't know whether I said that to him. I, I think he was just trying to get to know me as a person. Yeah, so yeah. I think I might have scared him off if I'd have oh, said that at the nah, time. Nah, you just cemented um, it. Um, and, um, and then I got the opportunity to go and meet with John. Hmm. And we got on really well. You know, I think we were we were very open. I was very open with him about me and, and, and about, you know, the values and culture of the company and how I want the company to grow and what's important to me moving forward. And John was in a position where, you know, he was, he'd had, he'd had cognitive for, for 14 years um, and he wanted to, to, to tweak some areas of his life and it just worked really well. And they needed that, 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 um, that elevation that we had already had. So we'd already gone through the international growth phase yeah. You know, we'd we'd conquered many uh, European countries, whereas Cognitive um, are very very strong in the UK. They've also got some presence in in Germany, but apart from that, they do some stuff in France as well. Am I making that? Yeah, they they do they do bits and pieces in France, bits and pieces in Germany, but really their their core market is is the UK. I mean, they're fun, they're they're number one, right? They're number yeah. one. Cognitive is number one Microsoft recruiter in the UK. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, and I know there are, I know there are other Microsoft recruitment companies out there, but they don't touch cognitive. They don't, not even close. Right. You know? So, um, so you know, do you want to bring that into the Focus Cloud Group and create this super brand? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it just, it just what, what date was this first meeting with John Keane? Then how long ago was that? It was in um, 
it was in, I think it was in September. So last September a year ago. 2021. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, September, maybe October, 2021. And it was just, it was just like, um, you know, we were just flirting, right? We just, <laughs> we just, we just met each other and, uh, and stuff like that. And we were like, you know, I was like, is this a company that I really want to have as part of the group? And he was like, is this a company that we want to be part of the group and, and, you know, all types of different things. And, um, and then it started to get very serious at the end of 2021. Um, um, and I'd confided, I'd confided in uh, some of the guys at Focus Cloud at that point, that this was potentially going to happen. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, here we are today. So what, what, I, what I'm interested in is though, not, you don't have to go into every detail, but on a higher level, what, what actually goes on at that point? So you both express interest yeah, like together and you're like, well, I think, you know, this works for me. I think this could work for me. Like what happens next? Like, how do you, because I know you've had a year and there's been some real, you know, challenging points in the transaction. Talk us through the high level of what, what went on because I think it, a lot of people don't know these things. I, I don't know these things. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there was, there was challenging points in the transaction. I would just say that we probably undercooked the time that it would take. Right. You know, be, bearing in mind, like, um, you know, cognitive, cognitive is um, super successful, um, but and and has got very strong, you know, back office processes. Everything, everything at cognitive is very slick and smooth, and it just functions, right? It just it just works. Right. They've done a phenomenal job, right? In 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 all that time, whereas whereas we focus cloud. Um, things are a little bit like crazy. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's a bit like, um, you know, you've gone from you've gone from this amount, this amount of contractors to this amount of contractors, and you can imagine the 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 bedlam behind that, right? You know, we have to run around and do a lot of things that actually, if we'd have planned for this to happen before it happened, we wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, so. So things like you know audits. So initially, you go through basically you go through um, you go through a negotiation phase, right? So first of all, does the culture fit? Do you want to do you want to acquire this company, Lloyd? Yeah, I think so. John, do you want to be acquired by the Focus Cloud Group? Do you want to work with Lloyd? Yeah, I quite like him. I mean, we we really like each other. We, we're good friends. We became very good friends very early in the process, right? Which which helped the process, um, and then and then you go through the negotiation, right? So you get around get around the table, and of course, this is the first time that I'd done this, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking to the to the experts to advise me and and things like that. It was a, a daunting time, and you kind of go into the into the negotiations thinking this is business, you know. I've got to be really strong in these negotiations because this is business at the end of the day. But then me and John really like each other. <laughs> so it's like it was it was a very difficult yeah, uh, period like that. And what you're ultimately trying to get to is a is a price you both are buying and selling price effectively of what you Yeah, and and I and I also I also, you know, I've had I've had Focus Cloud for seven years now, right? And I know what it's done for me, I also know what it's taken out of me, right? Um, I'm not the same. 
as what I was in 2015. John has had cognitive 14 years. So it's much, there's yeah. much more behind it than that. And being the person that I am, regardless of whether we were in a business negotiation or not, I'm still going to be ethical and I'm still going to do the right thing by John and by um, the people in cognitive. And, and I can't operate in a way that doesn't allow me to do that. Right. Yeah. So I want John to have, to have, to see the fruits of all of his labor. Whereas a lot of, I think a lot of people in that same scenario go, I just want to get the company as cheap as I can. I didn't yeah. think like that. No, no. I, I thought I want, I want him to do really well out of this, and I want his people. You want all, you want everyone to feel happy with the, what? What's yeah, happening. I, I don't want there to be any animosity with it. Um, I want, you know, of course, I want the best deal, but I also, I want the most fair deal. Yeah, for both sides. You know, bringing, bringing Cognitive into the Focus Cloud group obviously had a massive accretive value. Focus Cloud was already worth X, Y, Z before we, uh, before we acquired Cognitive. But bringing Cognitive into the Focus Cloud group obviously had a, a, a huge accretive value. And part of my focus, no pun intended, was on what this would mean post-transaction yeah. rather than worrying about the odd X, Y, Z pennies hit, not pennies, definitely yeah. not pennies. But do, do you know what I mean? Don't yeah, worry okay. about yeah. all of those little nitty gritty things because actually the Focus Cloud group is going to be a very powerful player after this. So let's just make this happen. And that was that was always in the back of my mind. So why does it take a year? Um, got you got to meet you got to meet people. So I met senior, senior members of the team over a period of time because BAU obviously happens at the same time as well. I've then got to, got to involve, got to make sure my team are backing this because they're they're part of this bigger group function as well. So I need to get everyone aligned. Um, and then part of the um, part of the diligence process, you are, you are diligence in a company that's never been diligenced. I.e. Focus Cloud. Yeah. Right. So, so all of these, all of these skeletons, um, all these skeletons start coming up, which I didn't expect. Hmm. You know, um, it actually was not. I don't want to paint a horrible picture here, but bear in mind, we'd never been, we'd never had that kind of scrutiny, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you have to go back three to four years, and you have to find bits of paperwork that you don't even know where they were, where they are, yeah. because you've forgotten about it. So you have to go for all of that. And we and we weren't set up like that at the same time as going through huge growth and already bulging at the seams. So that's that's why that's why a lot of it took um, a fair amount of time. There was <clears throat> there was a number of meetings with uh, with partners that were gonna help us to do this this transaction as well. Mm. Um, that all takes time. You, you know, I've got to, I've got to decide which partner I want to, I want to do business with, in that as well. Um, all of it just, it just dragged. You know, it just, it just did. You know, was there a point where you thought it might not happen? Um, no. And that, and that was purely down to. 
the fact that whenever we whenever we hit a road bump or um, sorry a speed bump um, or there was a delay in something, because myself and John had such a good relationship, yeah, yeah it yeah. was it was just the two of us getting on the phone together and going, "This is what it is, John." They're like you know, and he's going, "Yeah, I know, I know, I know." And and is there anything that we can we can do to speed this up? And I'm like, "Yeah, we might be able to do this, this, and this." So we were talking together behind the scenes whilst the transaction was happening between two legal two legal groups um you know trying to trying to make sure that the um the 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 the, the legal side of this transaction is done in the proper way do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. whereas the two CEOs are talking we just we just i i will never screw someone over right and i made that very clear to john from the start I don't care how much money, you know, it, it will never be a scenario where I think oh, I could get away with that, might screw per, that, this person over because it's going to make me X amount of million or what. I just won't do it, right? And he and he is similar. So when we're talking openly about these types of problems in the transaction, he knows that I'm I'm telling I'm I'm telling the truth. His his reactions, I know his reactions are the truth. So there's no there's no trying to second guess anyone. What I say is gospel, and what he's saying is gospel. So it was a very it was a very easy transaction to get through once we'd got through the hard stuff. Yeah. So what? When did it complete, and how did you tell, take us to the place you were when you found out when it had been done? What was the emotion like? So we'd gone we'd gone through um, we'd gone through a couple of uh, deadline days. So we'd already overskipped the the original deadline day, and that happened a few times. Um, I think um, when it finally happened, um, I told the guys, and obviously John had told his guy his guys that we were in a really good place and we were about to we were about to um, to complete. Um, and uh, once it actually happened, I remember like. I had to go into the office and sign all these sign all these papers. Like yeah. there must have been there must have been five hundred bits of paper. <laughs> so just just like yeah. you know, I'm I'm sitting there for hours signing my signature. You know, doing my signature, doing my signature, doing my signature, and then you need it uh, witnessed. You know, it's it's yeah. serious business. And then once the actual email had come through to say that cognitive was now part of the Focus Cloud Group. Um, it's a it's a night it's a great feeling, right? Because I now know you know the value of the group. Um, I know what this means for our people, and when I say our people, I'm talking about the cognitive guys as well as the focus cloud guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know the um, the cross selling opportunities are absolutely huge. You know, there's loads of Microsoft customers that. You know, I've got Workday, or they, um, or they've got SAP, and and vice versa. So we've already started collaborating on cross-selling. It just would it would it feel would it feel would it would it be strange if I said it was a little bit of an anticlimax, though? No, no, I think that's underwhelming. Anticlimax are two phrases I've heard a lot when it comes to acquisitions or sales of businesses. Yeah, because I'm. Because I know, you know, a hundred, hundred, you know, hundred and seven people. Um, 
I know that we're a big player in the recruitment space, which is what I already wanted. And I'm sitting there on day one going, okay, so we just need to get on with it now. You know, no, there was no party. There was no getting pissed. Um, there was none of that. It didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. Um, I was just like, okay, we just need to get on with it now. And we need to grow this. We need to grow it. We need to hit our targets. And so is John, John's going to stay involved for a number of years. Is he? Is that the plan? Yeah. Yeah. John, John, um, yeah, John's, John's obviously got his, um, his earn out, um, over a number of, a number of years. But then, then again, we're also talking, I'm also talking to John about retaining them past that. Yeah. So that's how well we get on. Right. And I think if we, if we continue to get on in the way that we are getting on and we have got on, um, I want him to be part of the Focus Cloud group for the next, you know, five years. Yeah. Um, he's got he's got a very good skill set, John. Um, he's in my. Um, <laughs> he won't. He won't. Uh, I don't know how he'll feel about me saying this on on this podcast as well. Right. It's not like it goes out to loads and loads of people in the recruitment industry, is it? But you know the way he talks. This was yeah. this was um, one of the things that I uh, I loved about John from the moment I. I very first met him. Um, he talks like 007. <laughs> Sounds like James Bond, right? Um, so in my phone, he is John Shaken, not Stirred King, and he, and he knows this. I've shown, yeah. I've shown him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I just think he's got, you know, he's got such a wonderful skill set, and he's got a lot to add to this journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, he's a very calming influence, isn't he? And I think. You bring a slightly different energy to the room. That yeah. I think the, the kind of balance might be really interesting, actually, whether or not, you know, whatever role it plays. Um, one question I've got this season is about, again, it's, it's always going to be about growth and stories of success and, and just ups and downs and the shit we've talked about. But we are September 2022 and we're talking every, you know, the signs of economic downturns are everywhere. Um, I actually read an article yesterday about how especially in the financial services space, jobs are not slowing down and there's a huge driver that, you know, finding talent is, is more difficult than ever. So there's, it sounds like, you know, in, in, in financial services, which is, you know, where the, the, the banks are controlling the interest rates, et cetera, the recruitment ain't slowing down. But did that play any, one, did it play any factors involved in your, in the timing of your sale? Did you worry about the fact that you might be buying a business before the economy crashes? And two, what are you seeing right now? And is, are you actually planning or feeling any effects? So first question is the timing of the transaction. When you, when you started this a year ago, the market was fucking mental. A year later, I believe it's still good, but did that go through your mind at all that you might be buying at the top of the market when things could crash and actually might be, might be a very difficult period afterwards? No, no, not really. Um, I think I think the challenge is I I have a mindset that you know it it doesn't matter what the economy says you know you are you are the you are the king of your destiny right so I think you know potential downturns and things like that are great actually because it allows you to go and pick up more business because unfortunately not everyone has that mindset right so they all kind of a lot of them will fall into the trap of thinking um, the market's not busy, which is why I'm not picking up the jobs, which is why I'm not making the placements, and yeah, which yeah, is yeah. why I haven't hit my target and things like that. Whereas I just think, 
what what economy what economic downturn i i've not heard about that mm-hmm. um what i'm trying to say is i don't really care about any of that yeah it's never it's never been it's never been something i've worried about um you know we've we've just gone through we've just gone through the pandemic we grew 400% in the pandemic you know um if we can do that if there was a slight downturn i'm sure we can grow through that too with the right mindset and the problem that i have is that i would have that mindset the guys at focus cloud would know that that's how i think but the guys at cognitive don't so that would be that's obviously something that i need to make sure um is installed and i think with um you know certainly paul paul knox who's the managing director over at Co- uh, cognitive I certainly think he certainly thinks like i do yeah. you know he certainly has that same sort of mindset so um i think it's whatever whatever is thrown at us we'll just we'll just eat it and roll on are you seeing any changes like g- genuinely now if you're looking above your business maybe not a cognitive just yet Whatever you, whatever financials and tracking of, I'm seeing both. I'm seeing both. Are you actually seeing any economic effect at the moment? Be honest. We are, we are just about to reach a very, very big um, milestone that Focus Cloud has never, never managed to reach, which is seven figures GP in a month. We're about to hit that, and Cognitive have continuously seen record months. And they're about to do a rec- another record month in the very month or the ver- in the very first month that we are part of, yeah. we're, we're now a group company. Um, so no, the answer is, the answer is no. It's, you know, it's business, it's business as usual. We, 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 we gotta, we gotta be positive. You know, we've, we've, we've gotta, we've gotta make sure that we're, we're spreading positivity to our candidates, to our clients, to the whole markets and the individual markets that we're working in, and we that cannot stop, mm-hmm. no matter what anyone else is saying. Well, look, that's kind of the message I want to. I want to get a truthful response from everyone I talk to this in this season. I'm not here to say there's a recession, there isn't a recession. What I'm, I'm personally, well, what, does that, what does that mean? Well, you know what it means. It's been the recession. Yeah, what, what's... It's, it's, it's when your hairline starts there. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> you've had a big one you've had the biggest recession i know mate. Um, but in in truth what all i want is reality of the business market each and if i look across my portfolio of clients there's about just under 200 clients in the in the hoxo ecosystem at the moment very little very little complaints about anything very still still here at record months i think the candidate control and candidate management has been a challenge for a year that's still there Yesterday, I had a client say to me, he just had a board meeting and he won't be investing in anything new for the next six months because of the fear of, of, of what they think could happen in financial He's in a uh, finance and accounting recruiter. First time I've heard that. But again, everyone, like you say, everyone responds differently to things. So he's making that choice. That's, that's his decision. Um, I'm, I'm excited, actually, for the next six to 12 months. I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not worried either, but I do want to get a, re, a, a real honest approach to it from people like you, as opposed to just sprouting shit that you don't, you know, like the news. Let's find out what people think. Um, Lloyd, we're, we're, we're an hour and 10 almost. I think I've got, I've got another question for you, and then I think we could probably wrap it up, right? So, and I think I've asked you this at the end of each episode, but what, 
Well, I've got two two questions. The first question is where do you think now is what is the vision now? So I know you've got this cloud-based engine you're growing, but what if I was going to interview again, which I'm sure I will because it's great fun, but if we did it in a year's time, what would we be talking about Focus Cloud then? Like what's the what's the kind of immediate term plan? I'd say this, the short to medium term plan is to make sure that, you know, the integration of cognitive is seamless. All the early signs, all the early signs, um, you know, uh, are extremely positive. We've got to bring, we've got to fuse their culture with our culture, which actually are very similar. Yeah. So I don't think there's going to be huge problems. I don't think there's going to be huge problems with any of it, to be honest. We've just got to build one company with two companies. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that, you know, cognitive have that focus cloud don't have or don't do that we're going to bring into the group. And there's going to be a lot of stuff on the other side that we're going to, you know, so we end up with one, one culture, one way of doing things. Hmm. So that's quite, uh, that's quite important for me for the next six to nine months. I would say that if we're talking again in, um, you know, in 18 to 24 months, um, you might see another brand in that it's possible you might see another acquisition in that time as well. Right. Um, we're, we're really looking to consolidate what we've currently got, grow what we've currently got. We also opened an office in, um, in the USA in, um, in March of this year, um, and we want to grow the US team. It's in Where's Boston. That? Boston. Right. Boston. And you also, and you, have you still got Gatwick or are you all in Brighton now? What's the situation we're, there? We're, we moved, we moved the, um, the Gatwick office down to Brighton. Um, and then we've moved the London Bridge office to Fenchurch Street, which is where right. I am today. Right. Um, much, much, much bigger office, both of them. Um, and then we've got the two guys currently in the US, and we want to grow that as well. All we've got in the US at the moment, physically there, is only Workday. You know, so we want we want wow. SAP to be oh, there, wow. Salesforce. You know, we want Cognitive to be there. Yeah. So Cognitive, Cognitive, where are they? Where are they based? Are they all London. They're just literally around the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're literally around the corner. So they're in um, uh, Minster, Minster Court yeah, at the moment. Court. Yeah, I know. Um, and, you know, perhaps we might come together in the London office as one. That that makes sense in the next um, in the next six to 12 months, for sure. And what about the move to Brighton then? So you, obviously Gatwick was where you were living. Are you living in Brighton now? Are you close? To I now? live. I live down. Um, I actually moved. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I live um, in between Brighton and Bognor. Right. Um, and so bought a house there. God, just over a year ago. Um, and then shortly after, was it before? Can't remember. If it was before or after. Um, decided to move the office from Gatwick to Brighton. Same, the same problems that we had in Gatwick, we, we were experiencing the same problems. It's really, really tough to get good people there. So we figured if we move the office down to a, down to a bigger city, i.e. Brighton, where you've got uh, access to the university students and, and those types yeah. of things, we can, um, we can grow the company a lot bigger. Um, and that's worked out quite nicely for us. Have you, had people, have you had anyone who's been like, it's annoying because they've, you know, they've kind of lived in between London and Gatwick and now they have they're nowhere near Brighton or whatever. Like, have you, is it accommodated the team? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, co- the company was the company's decision, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I did that, I said to all of the guys that were going to be affected by the by the travel um, company, will, the company will cover that. 
Um, so we got a couple of the guys, company cars, um, electric. So not not big fire breathing monsters as yeah, you're yeah. normally uh, used to. Yeah, so yeah, electric yeah. Cars. Um, and then you know we cover. We made sure that all of our existing staff that were affected by that move were not uh, financially uh, affected whatsoever by that move. Right. And what's the office down there like? Is it is it different to Gatwick? Does it feel different? Um, yeah, I would say so. You know, our current office um, overlooks uh, Brighton Beach, um, so you can actually see the water and everything. Yeah, I've seen it on your pictures, yeah. But we've outgrown that already um, down there. So, so we had we had all these um, all these graphics and stuff. The, the office down in Brighton, current office down in Brighton, looks really nice. Mm. And we've got a picture of uh, an embroidered picture of the GTR. That goes right across the interview room. It's like really nice. Um, and then once we had all that done, uh, we outgrew the office. So we got to move. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, so and you can't you can't take all the stickers no. off and stuff. Oh, so, no. so I've got to have it all done again. Um, and then we'll do we'll do London as well. Um, London, London's huge now. This current London office would probably incorporate uh, cognitive into this one. How well. many heads? How many heads are in London? How many in Brighton? About twenty-five or so um, down in Brighton, and the rest uh, Focus Cloud are in the London office. But then you've got the forty odd people in yeah. cognitive in their current office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea is to fuse those two together, so we can have one office. You know, yeah, and there might even be some people in that business who would prefer to work in Brighton. I bet. Like eventually, you could have. Would you do that? Or yeah, I mean. Yeah, there's so, there's so many different opportunities for everyone in this in the focus cloud group, right? So, you know, you've got people who can be chupied over to different brands. You know, if someone wants an opportunity to go and work in a different market, fancies doing something else, they can go and work in a different brand because mm -hmm. we've got those separate different yeah, companies. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got the opportunity for people to now move abroad as well. So, if someone turned around and said they wanted to uh, go and live and work in in the US, we can we can send them to the US. Um, uh, Australia or somewhere in APAC will be next for us. We'll have that option for people as well. Um, it's never been it's never been a better time to be part of this company. Yeah, it's, sounds mega, mate. Sounds like yeah. and my final question was we didn't. So I asked it, but I don't think we got the answer from it because we we went all over. But how does how do you let people work now? Have you gone back five days? Is there a three day, a two day? <laughs> like, how do you how do you operate? Because it, it is. I mean, we've had a few calls and you're at home, but I think you were always, because you were dialed 24-7, you'd, you'd make a call with me at home. So I, I can't really see the difference. What? How do you describe it? Yeah, so we, um, we're we in the offices uh, four days currently. Yeah. Um, and then we work from home on the Fridays. And then we, we have every Friday afternoon off. So effectively, we're 4.5, 4.5 days currently. Yeah, uh, that's what we as well. Cognitive have a different way of doing it. Mm. They're only in the office Tuesdays and Thursdays. So again, we need to find a way of, of fusing that, that. that culture together. Um, um, we did uh, we did have a, a couple of um, options that we tried out, like a nine day fortnight, which Cognitive do actually. So when I heard when we was in transaction mode, and I heard about this this um, nine day fortnight, so Monday to Friday. Monday to Thursday, day off on the Friday. I thought that's a that's a magnificent idea 
why don't we roll that out of Focus Cloud? So that was even before Cognitive yeah. became part of the Focus Cloud group, right? Um, and it didn't and it didn't really work for us, yeah. you know? We um, do the same as you. We, we finish at midday on a Friday now, and everyone loves it. Like, it's yeah. been a revelation for us. Um, Friday's more of an, in, you know, get your shit done day in the morning, catch up with the team, and then, you know, it's been people just getting on trains and flights and going away and doing things, and it's massive. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there's loads. There's loads of different things that you can and and, and we will do for our people. Um, but one of the, one of the things one of the things that I have learned throughout this process when you're trying to tweak all that sort of stuff, it's right. It's very important to make sure that that's actually going to make a difference to those people. Because mm. because what I'm sitting there thinking, oh, that'd be really good for those for all of our people, and then you roll it out, and and actually it's not. They don't really care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So so I think. I think any other any other tweaks or changes would need to be would need to be kind of almost sanctioned by yeah. by yeah, our it's people. Coming from the feedback, right? Yeah, yeah. Lloyd, I want to say thank you. Like three episode three episodes together. I actually think your evolution across each one is incredible. The first one was all about Lloyd as the guy, as the beast, as the the biller and the mindset and the do or die. The second was the evolution into people and you know, what the business was doing for you and your faith and the way you were helping other people outside of the office. And now you've kind of lived through some of the dreams you talked about. You've acquired a business. You've got this 100-person business. Um, it's been, I mean, I've loved watching it and listening to it. I know people will. Um, I, you know, there's no doubt we'll have us part four. Um, I'd love to see the Sean Anderson quiff on your head at that point. <laughs> yeah, you've got uh, to that. Yeah, definitely doing that. Um, but, mate, just, yeah, thank you for what, what you're doing, you know, the, the sharing these stories with the industry as honestly as you do. I know you. I know this is not this it's a hundred percent Lloyd Gordon. It's it's what people need. You know, you can always get an investment deck version of what someone's done. Mm. We're fucking brilliant. It's not the truth. And and I think people really respond to these conversations. So yeah, pleasure, mate. I love it. And and please I imagine if anyone wants to reach out and ask questions, you'd respond to them. You give them a bit of time. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think everyone should anyone be... wants a little bit of mentorship or yeah. or uh, or anything or anyone's thinking of uh, you know doing something as well with their with their with their recruitment business if it's a small smaller recruitment business you fancy being part of a, a larger group you know with a big plan um, you know reach out to me because you know we're we're in the market looking we're in the market right. looking for for opportunities. Well, I hope people do, mate. And uh, if they do, if they cite the Rug Podcast, I get 10% of the transaction, which is even better. So look forward to that. Um, Lloyd, we'll get you back on soon, mate. Stay safe. We'll see you soon, okay? Thank you, mate. Take care, Sean. Thank you, as always, for listening to today's show. I truly, truly hope that you got value from it. That's the only reason I take time every week is to ensure that my audience, future and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode was brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So we are working with over 200 agencies and 2,000 recruiters right now, both managing the brands, producing content, building written video podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level individual recruiters in your businesses how to be better on LinkedIn that's how to brand themselves that's how to produce content that's how to use 
the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you. I'll see you soon.